Joe presents TKO together with 32 Red. Welcome to round 18 of TKO on Joe together with 32 Red. We're a podcast and YouTube show with you every Thursday. For those of you watching YouTube, you can see the action that's going on behind us. For those of you listening in, we're at Beeson's Gym in Brooklyn. And this is one of the noisiest gyms I think I've ever been in. Um, We're here and privileged to meet one of the crossover stars of boxing and MMA. She's a former WBO featherweight champion, 22-0 as a boxer, now lining up her fourth contest as a professional MMA. May fighter, June 14th at MSG. Very pleased to welcome Heather the Heat Hardy. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say a special thank you because, as you will know, the last two weeks of camp are the most grueling. You've got media commitments, you're drained, you're tired, and I know it's been a long day, so 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 grateful for your time today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I second that. I, if I was in your position, I would have said no to this. <laughs> thank, thanks for coming on. Yeah, feel free to leave. Uh, you guys aren't point. here all the time, so I had to come say hi. Well, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, what, what is that feeling like? Like you just start to, to feel like the body tighten up and get a little bit drained. And do you get kind of cranky, do you find, during the days? Kind of cranky. <laughs> <laughs> My kid will tell you that mom is no fun last two weeks if I can. Really? Camp. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so June 14th, Madison Square Garden. That's where you made your debut. How have you, have you found the, the, the crossover to MMA? Four fights in now. Um, it's super hard. I mean, it's really challenging. People think like, oh, boxing is part of MMA. It's like one of the many things you do, but it's not because everything that you do in a boxing ring, you can't do in a cage, right? Like you can't use the ropes. Your footwork has to be different. So it's like a complete adjustment. It's yeah. so hard. I like to fight, so. <laughs> so that's that's the main Let's thing. figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you are the first woman that we have had on our podcast. This really? is episode 18, right? Wow. And I feel slightly ashamed of saying that really. I was thinking that today. It came into my head, Heather's the first woman, and I, when the thought came into my head, I was like, why is she the first woman? Right. She was maybe had some more, but and you are the first. Of course, and it's not by I design. Yeah, yeah, well, thank you. You're the first one. But I guess it speaks to wider problems in combat sport, it, and one that I know you've been very outspoken because you've had very specific experiences with inequality, in, certainly in boxing, particularly with the gender pay gap. Yeah. Just talk to me a little bit about those experiences that you had in boxing. Well, sure. I mean, I was actually, um, I did a lot of firsts in New York, right? Like, when I'm 37, so when I came up in the amateurs, girls didn't get to box in the Olympics. We weren't allowed to box in the Olympics, right? And I turned pro, and as I was a pro, that's when the first class of girls were, were competing. Those are the girls that you hear all the names now, right? Like Katie Taylor and Clarissa Shields and Nicola Adams. There are a handful of those girls that people are paying attention to. But in my time, nobody cared about us. So the only way that I actually broke onto the scene was I sold a bunch of tickets. I used to tell my promoter, Lou, like, put me on the show. I guarantee you $10,000 in tickets. I will sell you. Hand them to me. I'll sell them. And I was making like an $800 purse to do these fights and selling 10, 15 grand in tickets. And I did it all the way up until I went 15 and 0. And that's kind of what prompted my switch to MMA because I was 15 and 0. I was defending my WBC title at the Barclays Center. And I sold $40,000 in tickets, right? That's like over 250 seats I, I filled for this fight. And they put me on first before the doors even opened and I was defending my title. I was doing a 10 round fight. I made under $7,000 and I sold 40 grand in tickets. And they put, and I had to make my ring walk with nobody there to clap their hands because they didn't even open the doors yet. And that's when I realized that 
I wasn't getting any younger, and the people in boxing really weren't showing much love to female fighters, so I went over to MMA. Wow. It's heartbreaking for me to hear that, because I know, I know how difficult it is myself to sell tickets, but there's not many. If you've got a kid, a male fighter, selling 40 grand's worth of tickets, he gets well looked after by a promoter. He gets put on nice slots on the TV. He's probably getting paid pretty well. Um, and, and probably drip fed opponents that make him look good until he gets to a certain level and they push him in for a title shot. So to be selling 40 grand worth of tickets and to be fighting before the doors open, it's, it's heartbreaking for me to hear that. It's, it's pretty sad, to be honest. I understand your, your move in the MMA because you felt like you had to do it. I don't know, did, did you did you feel like you had to do it or did you want to do it? I felt like I didn't have much of a choice. I mean, like, I'm a single mom. I do this to support my family. I don't fight because I love it. I mean, I love to fight, but it's my job. And when I'm putting in so much time and so much effort, you know, as a fighter, a $7,000 purse winds up being like a month's rent, a couple of tuition payments, and then maybe you take your kids out to dinner, you know? It's like by the time you pay your corner and your purse, and, I mean, your all your corner people, your gym dues, your late bills from not yeah. fighting for so long. Seven thousand dollars isn't getting me anywhere anymore. And I'm fighting ten rounds against a number two contender for a title, and nobody was there to see it. So I really felt like financially, at thirty, I'm thirty-seven. You know, I don't have ten years to wait for female boxing to come back around for me. So you know, I love boxing. I'm actually the current WBO world champion, but. I would love to stay here if they will pay me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, Carl, just talk to me about, the for, for someone that didn't know, the basic outlays that you think of financially for a camp. So what? who needs to be paid? What needs to be paid for? Well, it, dep it depends on where you're at. So for me to, to be boxing in big title fights, obviously your trainer gets 10%. Manager normally gets 25%. In most cases, the manager gets 25%. Then you got to pay sparring partners. Yeah. Sometimes you get sparring partners, other guys that are looking fights, and you don't have to pay. You have to pay for your food. You know, you have to eat clean, which is sometimes expensive. Your digs, if you're traveling away from home, travel to and from training. And it, what sounds like a good purse at the time, maybe say someone says, oh, I'm going to give you 20 grand for this fight. Like, but time is broken down, you pay taxes and stuff on it. It's not a lot of dough. Yeah. It's not a lot of money. Yeah, so $7,000 for an eight-week camp barely affords you the time to kind of take off and, and actually train full-time, and you're yeah. one of the best female fighters on the planet. I have, I have a full-time job. Wow. <laughs> yeah, tell me a little bit about the full-time job, because since the exposure that you've had from MMA, which I guess has been a positive thing for your, your career and your bank balance, which yeah. is good. You've been able to kind of make some noise about the causes that you feel are important, particularly for women in those kind of socioeconomically deprived communities, maybe single women like yourself that have children. What is that message that you want to get out to, to that demographic of women? You know, there are so many messages that can be spoken for through my career, right? Like, I, I've, I've lived, like, the life of, like, six different women already. <laughs> but really is that, that your life is never over. I didn't start boxing. I didn't put a pair of gloves on my hands until I was 28 years old. I was divorced. I was a single mom. I was supporting my sister and both of our kids. And it was like, I finally found something I was good at. And, and I come from a lower-class community where, like, 
growth isn't really promoted, survival is. So when I said, I'm going to make something of my boxing career myself, I'm going to move out of this neighborhood, I'm going to go somewhere nice, people looked at me like I was crazy. So my message really is that anything through hard work and dedication is possible. Anything is possible. At what point in your boxing career then, because I know you've got a manager in Lude the Bella that cares greatly about kind of females in, in boxing and does all he can to, to push them. There's only so much is within his power. At what point were you looking across the pond at, you know, Rose Namajunas, Chris Seibel, Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, and thinking there seems to be, of course there's still inequality hugely in MMA, but the gap in terms of gender pay is closer when did that realization start for you and when did you think maybe I could start to cross over? Well, it's more that um, boxing is so old school, you know, like I always talk about how the promoters really don't promote their fighters, right? Like their promoters don't even promote boxing. Like, you know, I say this all the time, like Terence Crawford is probably one of the best pound for pound fighters on the planet, but he could walk into a crowded subway car and nobody would know who he yeah, was, yeah. right? We know who he is, but... The general public doesn't, and that's boxing's fault. That's the promoter's fault. So it's hard enough for boxers as it is to try to go out and get sponsorships and get people behind them because nobody outside of the community really knows what we're doing. Whereas MMA branches out into like the mainstream people and introduces the fighters and introduces people so that you wind up getting sponsorships and money that isn't really there for boxing. Yeah. So it's not even like a male-female thing, but MMA does a better job promoting the sport, promoting the events, and promoting the fighters, whereas boxing really doesn't do that. The same 10 guys are trading money around, and they really don't care what the rest of us are doing. Yeah. It's bad enough for the guys, worse for the girls. Well, yeah. I mean, you know the, the correlation, the link between having a good fan base and having the exposure and the sponsorship and the support that that provides you as a, as a professional fighter because obviously you're getting paid purses per fight but in between that, especially in the early days, those bits of sponsorship, whether it's kit or money or whatever, they can keep you afloat. Of course, I, you know, I see, I know I train with a, a couple of guys who are kind of early in their pro career and they have sponsors and I tell them to go and, you know, go and shake hands, go and make friends with people, have a smile on your face. If someone's giving you maybe, you're getting a small purse, but you're getting an extra 500 quid for a logo on your shorts, you, you take it. And the guy used to say to me, you don't want to look like a racing car driver. If you're a kid, <laughs> if you're a kid and you, want to, and you want to earn and you want to make a living and earn properly, you do whatever you want. And you look like a racing car driver and you fill your shorts with sponsors, that's what I say. But it's, got, it's difficult for... Like, I feel like I'm in a, a very privileged position as a boxer. There's got to be less than 1% of boxers in the world, male or female, that actually can live comfortably after boxing yeah. and have, have a good life and, and maybe not have to work another day in their lives. I yeah. feel like I'm one of the kind of half-lucky ones. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort, but I am lucky. I am lucky. I have a big fan base, and that's what... And I'm, and I'm lucky because Carl never lets anyone else pay for dinner. So <laughs> there are perks to, to doing this, you know. Not just yeah. exposure for me, it's free dinners. Um, the, the thing is, on a serious note, the message this sends out, when someone of your profile and someone who's achieved what you've achieved in the sport of boxing is getting paid the kind of persons you were getting paid, the message is really that women should still just be grateful for the opportunity to box rather than actually 
here's somebody that we should be championing, giving exposure to, and paying what they are due to be paid. And that's a message that has to change. Yeah, I mean, even for my last boxing match, I mean, that was for my 15th. So when I went 21 and 0, I took the WBO world title. I fought the number two contender again. This one was on HBO. HBO is like one of their final broadcasts. Yeah, yeah. Actually, televised our fight, and even HBO said, "We'll put your girls on, but we're not going to give you any money." And I, <laughs> I still make, I'm still making more in my fourth MMA fight than I made to win my WBO world title on HBO. That's so offensive. Actually, it's offensive. It's sad. It's, it's, offensive. it's really sad. It's, it's, it's annoying for me to hear that. Actually, what like, do you have a? How's your relationship with boxing at the minute? Because you're a, you're a world champion. You've got you've got girls like Katie Taylor and Felicia Shields, and they're being they're kind of being pushed now by the yeah. promoters, and it's it's definitely on the rise women's boxing. But you at your age, 37, maybe five years time, women's boxing will be where it should be. Do you have a better relationship with it at this point in time? I mean. It's like somebody said boxing is like a bad girlfriend, right? Like boxing really is like my bad boyfriend. Like he cheats on me, lies to me, makes me promises that he doesn't, but I love him so much. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, MMA is like the boyfriend with a job and a pension and health insurance. And he wants to help me with my daughter, but I love my bad boyfriend. Yeah. I love boxing. Boxing boxing isn't a sport. Boxing is from your soul. Yeah. Boxing is in your heart. I, I work at Gleason's gym. I come in here every day. I tell my friends I'm going to MMA and they all curse me out and throw coffee cups at me. Yeah. Oh my God. Because <laughs> I'm cheating on boxing. I love boxing. I mean, if, if a good opportunity comes along, like that's where my heart is. That's where my soul is. Yeah. MMA is more like, you know, I love to fight. So, but it's a good job, Sad. like a good side job. <laughs> sounds like you've been forced into it, you know what I mean? It sounds yeah. like you've been forced yeah. to do this and you don't really want to. You, you, it's clear to see you have a love for boxing and it's it's, upset, it's upsetting for me to hear as a fighter and knowing how hard it is and the struggles of that a fighter has to go through. Yeah. You're listening to TKO with me, Chris Lloyd, and Carl Frampton on Joe together with 32 Red. You can subscribe via the usual channels. Uh, now, though, here's Nick Bright and Graham Swall with news from something else from Joe. Welcome to Swanee's Cricket Show, a brand new show from Joe with me, Nick Bright, and the man himself, Graham Swan. Now, as the name suggests, this is a cricket show. So, Swanee, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about everything to do with the game, the biggest names from the biggest games. We've got World Cup, we've got Ashes, we've got Inside Scoops. Most importantly, we've got Gossip. I'm dishing the dirt. I'm going to throw my old teammates under the bus. Oh, I'm already excited. <laughs> Remember, we're coming to you every single week, so subscribe to Swanee's Cricket Show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, guys. Make sure you check out the new episodes of Swanee's Cricket Show, available now on Joe. Uh, we're back here in Gleason's gym in Brooklyn with Heather the Heat Hardy. By the time this podcast goes out, you will be three or four days away from, from fight night. We've recorded this two days before Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz, just so you guys at home know where we are chronologically. But I have to be honest, and I know you'll probably say the same thing, the person I'm looking forward to the most, and we've got Anthony Joshua, Callum Smith, Josh Boatsy, Josh Kelly. I'm looking forward to watching Katie Taylor's fight the most out of all of that. But we both know the reality is she won't be getting paid as much as, as any of those guys on that. No, she won't be. I think Katie Taylor will be, because of where she is, and she's got a lot of sponsorship and endorsement, and she's a huge hero in Ireland. I think she'll be doing... A lot better well, yeah. than, than most of you. Most most men, if I'm being honest, but she's a one-off. There's not many girls getting 
sounds like a Rani girl getting paid like Katie. I don't think anyone's getting paid like Katie. But it's still the same. In the same hand, she's is getting ready to unify all the belts in her weight yeah, division. Yeah. She's an Olympic gold medalist. I mean, she's not getting paid like a man. I, and I, it, it goes back to what you said, that women should feel grateful. Like, I'm sure she has this blanket over her head of feeling like, I'm still making more than every other woman, which still isn't right. No freedom till we're equal, man. That's no, a, yeah. if, that's, if that's a man getting ready to yeah. completely unify the title, you know, you're talking three, four, five million minimum purse. And I'm sure she's in the hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope so for, for her sake, and well, fingers crossed for her in a couple of days' time. Um, so your MSG debut, you were in front of how many? How many people at MSG? For my Bellator debut. Your Bellator debut. Yeah. Um, I think it was like thirty-five thousand. So to to have that debut in front of that crowd, it had basically been absent for your boxing career in twenty-three professional fights must have been, aside from the financial recompensation, that must have been such a great feeling for you, right? It's incredible. I felt like an athlete for the first time. I felt like an athlete. So for my boxing career, I always felt kind of like I was um, like crashing everyone's party, crashing <laughs> the boys' party. For like my first like five or six fights on PBC, I was one of the, I was the first female that Al ever put on his PBC shows. And I was always on the undercard, but I would show up and everyone would think I was someone's wife until I got on the scale and then they started to know who I was. <laughs> but for MMA, like, you know, they treat me like an athlete. Like, yeah. I was part of the team and that's a tremendous difference. So you won your first by a stoppage. Great feeling, obviously. Yeah. You lost your second by a stoppage, but the wonderful thing about MMA is that the O is, is not a thing. Yeah. And that's, the, that's the, one of the real criticisms of boxing. Probably Floyd Mayweather's fault, let's be honest. But uh, in MMA, there's so many different styles, so many different ways to get beaten, and so many different ways to win, that actually a mixed record just takes that, takes that pressure off having to consistently win in order to be relevant. For sure, and like with MMA, it's not, like almost with boxing, you can look at a fight and know who's gonna win, right? Like you just know who's supposed to win. There's somebody is supposed to win on almost every fight. And with MMA, the promoters really don't care. They just want a good fight. Like I've, I'm three and one in MMA. In my loss, I fought so hard that I got more fans than I did in one of my wins that was boring. Was that the cut? Was that the fight with the cut? Yeah, well, no, the cut was, um, I get cut a lot. Do you? <laughs> Yeah, I've had 48 stitches in my face in all my pro my pro wow. fights. Wow. <laughs> my nose broken, shattered, displaced. Now this cut was from a win. I broke my nose and um, got nine stitches from an elbow right here in my second fight. But people loved it because I was my whole face was exploded and I was still trying to fight. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. How um how different is it getting hit with the I don't really know what the terminology is. I'm not They're an MMA three ounce gloves, so you three can imagine. It's like it's like look at my knuckles, though. So I do all right. Wow, yeah, serious. Look at those. Can you imagine? Can you imagine boxing in three That's ounce? A big knuckle, though. Yeah. I'm just looking at it. I want to get hit in the head. Yeah, you're going to offer to spar, but not anymore. No, no. Uh, Carl's going to go straight back to straight back to yeah. Ireland. I know actually Ireland's one place you said you would love to fight. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's where my family's from. I would, yeah. I would love to go there. Where are boats? Dublin. Yeah. My grandmother came over here and I've never been there. And I know Bellator has a show in August, so I'm thinking of bothering. Hopefully them. jump on, I'll be there. Yeah. I, I would love to go to that if uh, yeah. if they do. I think Bellator have been to 
Belfast. They've been to Dublin a few times yeah, as well. So. Yeah, they have a few guys from Ireland who've played. James Gallagher. If you headline, get head on one of your undercuts. Defend the WBO. Oh, I would love that. Why not? That'd be pretty cool, cool man. That's a, that's a great show. Why um, not? Why not? Why not? But they, they put on a great show, Bellator. Yeah. Um, like yeah. it's a brilliant production. It's a really good production. People look at UFC, you know, the big, the big one. But Bellator is an amazing, yeah. an amazing production. They have really exciting fights. Like, like there's no such thing as an easy fight. They give me names. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and Taylor Turner, your your opponent on June 14th, she's a more experienced fighter than you. Yeah. Um, just talk to me as a, as a novice uh, kind of MMA viewer. What does she bring to the table? What, what have you had to train for and prepare for? I will watch tape because in my whole career as a boxer or in MMA, I don't watch tape on people because it gets too in your head. I like to react, to go in the ring. I let my team watch the tape and tell me how to prepare, get me sparring partners, get me my everything ready. So I just go in and ready to kill the girl. <laughs> <laughs> Does that ring true to you as well? I'm someone who watches, I'll watch a little bit. Yeah. Normally at the start, if I get an opponent, I watch a little bit at the start and then I won't watch them again. And like yourself, I would let my team do that. And it's like, I know guys who constantly watch their opponents over and over again, but that would do my head in. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I like, yeah. to, I like to go and watch something lighthearted at night before I go to bed. I don't want to be thinking about my opponent that's for a fight that's 10 weeks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wait, it gets a little bit closer, but nah, I'm not in that. Um, before we go, we have a regular section of the show. It's kind of like a word association. So I'm going to read you a list of words. And when I say the word, I just want you to say the first thing that comes into your head. Okay. All right, so this is our 32-second challenge, sponsored by 32 Red, with Hebert, the Heat Hardy. Um, <laughs> boxing. Fun. World champion. Heather Hardy. MMA. Heather Hardy. <laughs> uh, South Brooklyn. Heather Hardy. <laughs> you okay, can't I'm just say Heather say Hardy. Again. No more, no more, no more. Um, Lou DeBella. A good guy. Uh, first ever fight. On the street. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Heather the Heat. Mother. Uh, single motherhood. Tough. Gleason's. Home. Uh, Taylor Turner. Is that my opponent? Yeah. Tall girl. <laughs> I'm glad you knew. Uh, Ireland. Ireland, home. And women's boxing. Broke. Broke, but we're trying to fix it. Yeah. And you're leading the way as one of a number of women who... I'm not who... good at that game. <laughs> no, I thought that was pretty good. Except for the sort of four that the you four just answered with your own name. Yeah. Um, Heather, what a pleasure. And I get, once again, thank you so much for your time. Because thank I know you for having tired. me. And listen, two weeks away now, but once this, once this goes out, you'll be just a couple of days away. We wish you all the very best um, thank you so much. for your fight on uh, MSG. So thank have you. a hard time. Carl, pleasure as always. Thank you at home for watching TKO round 18. Done and dusted with Heather the Heat Hardy. Good luck to her. She'll be fighting in two days' time. Madison Square Garden in New York on Bellator 222. Make sure you check it out. We'll see you again, as always, in seven days' time. You've been listening to TKO on Joe, together with 32 Red.